Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 219. We're painting the roses red. We're painting the roses red. I think there's roses in a grove, so it's a grove of roses. Never heard that before. We're painting the roses red, really? It's from Alice in Wonderland. Is it? Okay, then I must have heard it, but I don't remember, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not something I see often. <laughs> There's there's also no real evil fairies in there. But the fairies in Groves look evil to me somehow. Some of them are nice and some of them are not. <laughs> anyway, good evening, listeners. In case you haven't been able to figure out from either the title or my introductory song, today we are going to be talking about Groves. That's right. This is a, a neat little game. It's a little tiny, I think, kind of under-the-radar um, worker placement bag building type, type game. And I picked it up in my friendly local game store because they had it on their used game shelf super cheap. So I said, let's check it out. And Albert is a sucker for everything cheap. Yep. And it, it is designed by Steve Aramini and Dan Ledsring. And it is published by Letterman Games, which I'd never heard of. Not just anything cheap, but also cheap with really nice art. I really like the art in this game. That is true. Yep. But, be, but we're going to get to that with components. First, you have to give us the overview. So... The, the overview. So this is a game. I've already said it's a bag building worker placement game. You're trying to save the groves by putting your spirits that look like fairies, but aren't necessarily fairies, on the different groves and collecting resources and buy more trees to make yourself the bestest fairy ruler. Um, it's, it's a and worker placement game. to have the most amount of points, essentially. And the go- yes, whether you're playing solo or multiplayer. The, so there we go. That's, that's the summary of the game. Nice worker placement game. Makes sense. The, yeah. The the rules. So this game, it has, the rule book is pretty small. It's pretty simple to play. Um, I found the rules no problem to learn, to read, and all that. The It, it, it does suffer from the usual problem that the multiplayer rules are listed first, and then the end changes for the solo. Problem, I, it, in quotes. It, <laughs> it, it In capital letters, if you... If, you want <laughs> it, it it isn't too bad this time honestly i didn't find it a big issue the differences were small enough that it, it, it a lot of times when you, when a game does that it says like you know do all this setup stuff and then go to the the uh solo rules and say but do these things differently so you kind of have to flip back and forth while you do that that wasn't such a big issue here because there's very minor differences it's two pages but even then it's just more description than than a lot, a lot of stuff so I didn't find it an issue. There's a lot of images and pictures in the rulebook and whatnot. I found it easy to learn this game with the rules. The rulebook also has a, a five-page story at the end, kind of to help you get into the mood of the game and set the, the setting and the theme and all that. Uh, so with that, let's jump into the setting and theme. Uh, th- like I said, this is a game about uh, collecting groves of trees that let you do different things with your fairies. I'm sorry, with your spirits and and workers. the The story is sort of an, an epic, high fantasy story about uh these fairy spirits from the first age or something like this, and they've been around growing these trees. And there's a little bit of a treason going on, and it, it was all very epic and interesting story, I guess. But it doesn't really have anything to do with the game. I read that, and I have played the game, and I don't get any sense of it in, in the game. I don't feel this, the theme is strong, even though it's all very pretty. 
and thematic looking. Like I like every player has a player board. That's a really pretty colorful picture of a tree in one of the different seasons. And it has all the icons along the top for your abilities, what they what they mean and whatnot. Super 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 nice looking game. Really evocative art. You know what's the funniest thing right now as you're reading that? I don't own a copy of this game, but in general, when I'm preparing for reviewing things, I'll review over the components. I'll see if I could get a copy um, or I'll read over the rule book and I'll read over the rule book. So I was reading over the rule book and I didn't even notice until you just now mentioned it, that after it goes through all the rules in the rule book, it has a whole story portion that is meant to tie together the theme. Didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah. It, and it's weird that it's at the end. Cause you know what? I didn't read it until yesterday. I said, oh, you know, I should probably read it because we're going to talk about this game. Um, It should have been at the front of the rulebook. It probably still gets ignored by most people, but it makes more sense to have it at the front. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, the story's there. It's 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 a well-written story. I, I enjoyed it for what it is. I just didn't feel it brought the, the game together for me or anything like that. Um, It has the, the typical problem you get in high fantasy stories. Where you get these character names and different types of creatures that are sort of meaningless unless you're invested in that, that world already. And so it can get a little hard to follow along, but yeah, whatever it, it was. It was a, I appreciate it. Um, so not much in the way of theme. How about components? Components are really nice in this game. Like I said, the, the player boards, the central board that has a big picture of another tree, all the tiles you could buy, all have really nice art on them. I really like the art of this game. The It has little wooden resource markers in three different shapes and colors. They're really well made. Tiny, but well made. Um, they're about the size of a regular Euro cube, roughly. Just to give you an idea. Uh, all the spirit tile, the, the, the spirits go into your resource bag. And you're going to be drawing them out every round. You're going to draw three every round. These are these oval-shaped discs with pictures of different spirits on them. A spring one. A, like, yeah, I think there's seasons. There's a blue, a green, a yellow, and a brownish, reddish-brownish fall color. And there's also some wraiths, which are... In the bad game... In, I'm sorry. In the solo game, they represent the AI. In the multiplayer game, you also could use them. Uh... So there's all those components. There's some cubes. I already mentioned the tiles. There's a, a few cards that you're going to use. There's 3D portals. 3D portals. I I wasn't going to really mention the 3D portals or the star player marker because they don't get used in the solo player in the solo game. And I really not played the multiplayer. I played it once. That's all. Multiplayer. I've played it solo more. The and most of the cards get used. Most of the components get used in the solo game. One thing I like about the that they did is the board is double-sided. The back is a solo board. Um, and that's a nice touch. They didn't really necessarily have to do that. They could have combined it easily enough, I think. But the fact that they had two, a double-sided board that is basically slightly different is, is appreciated. So they really considered the solo player when they made this game, which I think is darn cool. Um, All the components are good quality. Happy with them. Nothing else to say about that, I think. Uh, gameplay? Should we move on to gameplay? This sure, because be I have nothing to do but echo you about the quality of the components. They look gorgeous, maybe tiny, 
but they look really nice. Shape meeples, different shapes for different value things. A 3D component, which hopefully fits in the box nicely, but I, you know, I can't say one way or another. What's interesting there is that the during the game you build it. So when the you portals, when you, yes, you build them as you play, so you don't have to keep them in 3D form, which is a, a nice idea. I suppose that means there's a chance that they'll you know break over time because it's just a sort of a chipboard that you slot together type thing but i think that's kind of neat so you don't have to worry about storing it in a in the box it's a pretty small box i should say that it everything is kind of a tight fit so if, if you you wouldn't be able to keep them built in here i don't think so so yeah so that that is the components so the gameplay then let's talk about the gameplay because that's really the part that matters isn't it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's about the components you're right so this game is a bag building game. You're gonna have a bag with different with a you start with I think nine spirits in the bag, eight white ones and one matching the color of your tree. Each player has a different color tree at the beginning. Let me jump forward a second. Besides the the bag, you're also gonna have these tiles, right? And they give you resources. Or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm having trouble saying this. You're gonna be buying tiles as you play the game. The different tiles are associated with one of the four color fairies. Actually, one, one three colors. The, the spring, the summer, or the fall, but not the winter. So as you get these tiles, you collect them, you place them around your tree. Um, each round, you can draw fairies or spirits from the bag, and they'll either be generic white or one of the th- four colors, including blue. And if you put a fairy on a matching color grove, you're going to get extra bonuses. If you put a fairy on a grove, you'll get... As, as your action, you'll get something like you may get some new resources. And that's actually generally what happens. You may get resources. You may potentially draw from the bag or something. If you put a matching color fairy on that on that grove, you'll get a second bonus. Um, for example, the, the, the grove may first give you two resources. If the fairy ma- color matches, you may get a third resource. Or, or maybe instead you'll get one of the little plastic gems or, or something. So you're trying to kind of match colors as you're going along to optimize your moves and whatnot. But basically, the way the game works, each round you're going to draw three fairies out of your three spirits out of your bag and place them on either on your tree or in the groves around your tree or in the center board. If you place them on your tree or the grove tiles that you've bought already, those are going to give you resources, generally speaking, or, or some sort of action or something. If you place them in the center... That lets you either buy tiles or draw a couple grove cards. Those cards, you can draw two and pick one. Uh, and they're, they're ways to get extra bonus points. And they they all say, if you draw on your turn, uh, on an upcoming turn, two fairies of these two colors, let's say that the card may have yellow and blue. If you draw a yellow and a blue fairy, you'll get a point. So you, you'll, you'll collect these cards throughout the game. And whenever you draw the correct uh, combination... You cannot score this card and set it aside. You only score that card once. So those are the two actions you could do in the center grove. Um, your turn basically consists of drawing three fairies, placing them somewhere, and then ending your turn. The, the fairies placed in the center board are going to get discarded out of the game. The ones on your tree go back into your bag. So this is a way to cycle out the the fairies you know the spirits you no longer want. I keep saying fairies and spirits. I'm trying to be consistent and call them spirits because they're not fairies, but you know what? They're fairies. 
I just got to get over that. <laughs> so Albert is anti fairies. <laughs> well, I I think they called him spirits over and over and over. Though here in the back of the box, I'm seeing it says fairy queen. So I don't know. They're not consistent. I don't have to be. They they do call them spirits. They are not consistent. Yeah. There we go. So I'm allowed to go back and forth. But uh, was it saying? So some of the actions you could get from placing fairies on your tree are are buy new fairies of any color, one fairy of any color, or two of the plain white. That is basically how your turn's going to go over and over. Buying buying groves, collecting resources, uh, so on and so forth. The when you buy trees, you're spending your resources. There's three types of wooden resources, which are elements, and there's also these little purple gems. And you need a combination of those two to, to buy a tree or a grove. The Once you finish your turn, what will happen next, and this is the solitaire game, because like I said, many played solo, you're then going to do the Wraith turn. The Wraith has its own draw bag with eight white spirits in it and one Wraith. You'll draw three. If you draw the white one, you're going to place it on the center board in a designated space. And they basically go in increasing point number order. So the first one goes, I think, like at 16 or 17, something like that. The next one will go in the next number up and so on and so forth, up to 27. If you ever fill up that board, you lose the game automatically. So you don't, you hope not to draw those those bad ones too often. So what, what's going to happen is you're going to draw three. Like I said, if you get the black, one of the black ones or more, you're going to put them out. Any that were not black, you'll put them back in the bag and add another black one. So over time, if you're not drawing the black ones, your chances of drawing the black ones get higher. The wraiths, because, because there's just more wraiths in the bag. There are ways to mitigate it, because you could place fairies as one of your actions. When you get a acquire a fairy, you could choose to put it in your bag or the wraith bag. So you could use it for yourself, because you need spirits of a certain color or whatever. Or you could give it to the wraith bag just to make it harder for him. Um, if you place the non-white fairies, the, the seasonal fairies, into the wraith's bag, you can only ever have one of each color, but when you draw it, it's going to give you a special ability. Um, one of the abilities, for example, is it lets you remove one of the fairies that you already placed on the board, one of the wraiths, and throw it back in the wraith's bag. So it lowers the, the wraith's potential score at the end. That is basically how the game goes every round. Draw some fairies from your bag, take your actions, put the fairies back where they go, draw from the wraith's bag, uh, any wraiths that come out, put them on the board, throw stuff back into wraith's bag, then switch over to your bag again. You're going to keep doing this. Every round, there's three grove tiles that you could buy out of a stack of 27. At the end of the round, you're going to discard two of them, uh, slide the one that's still there to the left, and add two more to the right of it. So you're going to eventually go through all the tiles in the that, that come with the game. Once the tiles run out, the game ends. And then you... Add up all your points, which come primarily from the groves you have, any extra resources you have, a point per five, and any of those grove cards that you that you scored by drawing the right combination of spirits, fairy spirits, fairy spirits. There we go. But <laughs> drawing the right combination of fairy spirits, the magic card. Yeah, just combine both. Perfect. Um, that's. I hope that was clear. That's how the solo game works. I only played the multiplayer game once. What's different there is there's no wraith bag. You can get wraiths into your own bag and use them as a spirit. 
um, and you do that by creating these portals, the portals let you visit a different player's grove and take actions on their space, thus using it up so that they can't do it. Because it is a worker placement, only one worker per space each round. But at that point in time, the spirits don't have themselves special powers. They're just used to power the groves. Correct, yes. And you're, you're, you're trying to place them on a matching color grove so you could get more, more from them. The, I played the multiplayer game once. I remember it was a lot of fun. I played it with my son, and I just found this is a really fun game. So I do remember that about multiplayer. Not much else, unfortunately. I'm sorry. But mechanically, it works very similar, other than the Wraith <laughs> bag. I believe the difference on the multiplayer board is that there's a space so you can buy those portal pieces, so you can build the portals to visit the opponents. Um, once you finish, you're going to add up your points, see how much you have, and compare it to the to the lowest visible number on the Wraith track. And you need to score higher than the Wraiths. I have found the game pretty balanced in that... I could take actions to keep the the wraith from drawing a lot of the wraith player from drawing a lot of uh, wraiths and putting them on the board, but if I'm spending my actions to do that, I'm going to score less points. So it tends to be a low scoring game, but hopefully, you know, you're winning by some. If you spend more of your actions just trying to get points, the wraith is going to be able to get more points because you're not trying to keep him in check. So I found that pretty neat, pretty pretty satisfying. Uh, any questions about the gameplay, Julius? Well, let me ask you. I know that the, one of the main differences that uh, looked to me for, between the solo game and the multiplayer is the idea that in the multiplayer, the individual fairies, you don't have to remember much about them. They just go into the various different slots, which are clear on the different groves. Yellow goes in yellow space. Whereas when you're doing the multiplayer, there's a certain amount of push and pull that you want to be able to put spirits into the wraith bag in order to be able to use their powers to repel the wraiths and, and mess around with them. But there's no sort of indication or reminder about what those four different spirits do. And mm -hmm. I was concerned that when they don't do anything in the, the game, game, having to remember how to use that, they don't do anything in the multiplayer game, but when you're playing solo, mm -hmm. there's no sort of indication for what the spirits would do. You have to, just remember. I no. think there's a reference card that shows what they do. There isn't a is card. Is it difficult for you to be able to keep track of what those do? No, it, it isn't at all. They're on the board itself, there's a space along the bottom for one for each of the four colors, and the space will tell you what it is. Like so I think the yellow is recall and I forget what the blue is, but it tells you what it is, and so the name should hopefully remind you what the action is. It also will have uh, I think two or three of those actions have a cost. There's the yellow fairy lets you if you re, if you drew a fairy I forget how it works see I think yellow lets you take one that's already a wraith that's already out on the board back into the bag <laughs> it costs two resources so it has two little resource on it and, mm -hmm. and the title recall so that's how you remember the first few times I was definitely going back to the rule book over and over until I got the hang of that right but it is it is on the board so when once you've kind of grokked the game you're, you're fine without the rule book it's all out in front of you. Did you feel like that was a clunky addition, having to throw in that whole extra element? No, I, I like that. Um, at first, I, I said, oh, that's silly. I'm not going to waste my time putting those spirits in the bag because the odds of them showing up are so low. You know, there's there's at least eight other spirits in the bag, eight, the eight white ones, 
Well, and there's always going to be one wraith at least. So there's always going to be nine spirits in the bag at minimum. Um, so I said, the odds of them showing up are not that good. But then after a while, it occurs to me, you know, that even if I they don't show up, that's at least one more tile that's not black. So it doesn't improve my odds. And when they do show up, either they give me something special because I could take advantage of them, or they don't, and it's just another white. Um, it doesn't seem like much, but it, it definitely makes a difference in the game, is what I have found. So I think it's a, it's a neat mechanism. Relatively simple and, and kind of effective. And again, you could play different strategies, so you could ignore them and, and not worry about building that, that bag up too much and spend more time focusing on your points, and then you're sort of racing the Wraith. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's pretty cool. The I've already talked about the solo game, so this takes us straight to the overview. There are some things I don't like about the game. Uh, specifically in the solo play, the the wraith bag and the player bag, I kept getting confused. I I wish they had gone and print gotten bags in different colors. You know, each player already has a border different color. If the bags had matched at least somewhat, it would make my life so much easier. Because I don't know how many times I've put picked up my bag and pulled out my three spirits from it, and there's a wraith. Apparently, in a previous round, I put the wraiths in the <laughs> wrong back bag, and because they're exactly the same bag, it's just easy to do. And I did that often enough that it it was pretty frustrating. And then I got to empty both bags and kind of see if I could figure out what what it should be and where it was and remember my actions. Um, so that's an issue, but that did happen less and less the more I played. It was just it, it was just frustrating every time I did. Uh, also, sometimes at the end of each round, you draw from the wraith bag, right, and then you add one new wraith. Sometimes I forget to add a wraith. Um, again, this and this is just bookkeeping, and maybe it's just me not having things set up correctly and, and not being careful and kind of going too fast or something. I don't know. But if if you're not adding wraiths, you're going to make the game easier for yourself than it should be, which is unfortunate. Um, one thing I like about the game is that solo, it's pretty darn quick It because you're drawing 27 tiles, and each round you're adding t- two new tiles. So I think it's something like 14 rounds at most, and they're pretty quick. You're just playing your three little actions. You're not a, a ton of choices. So I liked about it. What I didn't like about it is that the actions I get to choose from, there's not that much variety in the actions for the most part. Most of the actions are gain resources um, when I'm placing stuff in my in the groves I've bought. And those resources are going to let me buy more groves, but they're all kind of the same. So I didn't feel like I'm doing a lot of different stuff. Yes, I can put fairies on the top to buy the groves, which I obviously have to do to get points or to, to get some of the those victory point cards. But the primary action of putting stuff in the lower half, I, I kind of wish there was more variety somehow. And I don't know how that would be. I just do wish there was more. There's a few tiles that will let you draw an extra spirit from the bag. So you draw your three, and it says, oh, if I play a brown one here or some color, I will go ahead and get an extra, because I play a matching spirit, I'm going to get to draw a fourth spirit, which can be real handy. But... In some games that just doesn't come up. In some games it comes up a bunch. It it sort of depends on uh, what color spirit you have. So yeah, I for me it's a little bit mixed. I love the art. Uh, I like the fast gameplay. I I find it a little bit repetitive after a while, and I'm kind of glad it's not a long game. For eight dollars, I'm super happy with it. <laughs> I, the retail is forty. I don't know if I'd want to pay forty for just solo. I can imagine. 
Yeah. Um, for just solo for forty dollars, I don't know if I would pay that necessarily. But if you're also going to play multiplayer, like I said, I found that fun. I found it a fun multiplayer game. I played it two player, and I was quite happy with that experience. So yeah, I mean, it's a, sort of a mixed bag of a uh, of thoughts on that game. It's a thumbs up and a thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Is there anything else I want to tell you about this game? Let me see. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Hey, kitty, hang on, cat. Um, yeah, no, like I said, I I I enjoyed a lot about the game. I just wish it was a little more variety in this in the style of gameplay. But a lot, there's a lot of other things I do like about it. So there you go, Groves. It's a mixed bag. I said that already, but there you go. You must have been waiting for the uh, laugh at the pun. Oh, yeah. Where's the laugh track? I need a laugh track. <laughs> All right, Julius. All right, everyone. Uh, we'll talk to you folks next week. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.